excuse me, Psalm 15. Psalm 15. We've been looking at uh, uh, this morning, uh, talking about how we're supposed to live radically different. And um, we, we often think about um, this radical difference in view of the New Testament because we, we study the New Testament and that, that talks about in so many different places. Paul reminds us how we're to put off the old self, put on the new. And, and Jesus talks about how we're to live radically different and and. And all of the, the Gospels and all of the, the, the epistles uh, and the letters uh, that we see, um, Peter, James, John, uh, Paul, all of them are writing to, to remind us that we are to live differently. Um, and, and as I was uh, thinking about that, um, and, and, and that's not a new idea. That, that radical difference in the way that we're supposed to live it's not a New Testament thing. Uh, it, it's, it's the whole uh, of Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout Scripture, it talks about the people of God living differently than those around them and living uh, radically different than the, the unbelievers, the heathen nations. Um, and so as I was um, thinking about this, I, I came across uh, Psalm 15, and it, it reminds us, David is reminding us, uh, that we are to be different. We're to live differently. And, and we're to function in this world differently. Um, it's a very short psalm, but man, it is so full of, uh, of, of encouragement, of instruction, um, and, and um, uh, the example of how we're supposed to live so differently. Uh, again, it's not a New Testament idea. It's been the design of God all throughout Scripture. Uh, and, and, and we need to be reminded, I think, I know I do, uh, that, that this has been God, God's intent from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve uh, was created in the garden, they were created to live in right relationship with the Lord and live under His authority and, and live according to His word and experience His blessing and experience His presence and experience a, a close, intimate relationship with Him. And we know that sin separated us from Him. Uh, but then you see... All throughout the Bible, from, from I think it's about uh, Genesis 5, where it says that Seth was born and, and people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, and right before that, you, you saw the, 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 um, uh, the results of wickedness and Lamech. Uh, and, and, and at that point, you start to see two different divergence of people, those who reject God's authority and those who submit to God's authority. And you see that all throughout Scripture, that's the remainder of the Bible, is talking about those two groups of people that have rejected God's authority and those who have submitted to God's authority uh, and, and, and are living under His authority. And you see the difference all throughout it. So, so God's design, God's desire, God's requirement is that we live in submission to Him. And that causes, that creates a radical difference in our lives. So if you would stand with me, we're going to read this short psalm and, and just kind of Look at some of the things it says, and then uh, ask God to help us live like this. Okay? It says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks in integrity and works righteousness. 
and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, he does, uh, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Let's pray. Lord God, I, I do pray that, that we would live in your presence. God, we would dwell in your presence. We would dwell in your house. We would dwell uh, and abide in you, as Jesus tells us in John 15. But God, if we're going to do that, then we have to submit to your authority and we have to have a whole new outlook on life. And so, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, your presence in our lives, God, we, we ask and we submit to you and ask you to transform us, change our hearts, change our perspective, change our desires so that we can be your hands and feet, so that we can care more about people than we do about stuff. We can live for your glory. God, that's our desire. That's our hope. That's our intent. But we also know it's our shortcoming, too. God, we fail so miserably. So, Lord, we need your strength. We need your presence. We need your word. We need your Holy Spirit in us. So that he can transform us and encourage us and strengthen us and guide us and then use us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> we all know David as the king uh, of Israel. We all know that he was described by God as a man after God's own heart. He was anointed the king uh, to be king by God to lead his people in righteousness, to lead them to, to defeat their enemies and to secure their land. Uh, and, and he was a righteous king. He was a good king who had some failures, who, who sinned, who was human, and who messed up. But he repented, and he got back under God's authority. And he was a man who, who wanted God to, to use him, who wanted to honor God with his life, and who wanted to lead others into righteousness. He wanted... He wanted the people of Israel to, to follow God, and so he led them in that. He didn't just tell them this is what they need to do. He, stri he strove to, to be an example and to lead them uh, into righteousness. But he also was, was, was um, uh, kind of, I, I guess you'd call him the, the priest. He didn't hold that position, but he was a kingly priest. And, and he was reminding them and telling them this is what it takes to honor God. This is what it takes to be in a right relationship with the Lord. It's not just wanting to. It's not just having the desire. It's committing your life to it. It's living out those things we say we believe. And I think that's a great reminder for us, and it's something that I have to be reminded of all the time. We can have the right want-tos. We can have the right doctrine. We can have the right theology. But until that doctrine and theology transforms the way we live, it's useless. What was it that Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21 and 22? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's the doing that matters. 
And we have, we have forgotten that, we have neglected that, we have watered that down, we have minimized that truth. But we are called to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And, and so uh, this, is, this is kind of the same thing that, that David is reminding of the people. Hey, children of Israel, people of God, if we want to dwell in the presence of the Lord, if we want to abide in his tent, if we want to dwell in his holy hill, then we've got to live differently. We've got to commit our lives to honoring him. So we ask these two questions. Who may abide in your tent and who may dwell in your holy hill? Who can be in right relationship with you? Who can enter into the presence of this holy God? Who can, who can be an intimate, personal relationship with you? can live with you, dwell with you, abide with you. It says, he who walks with integrity. Now, what does, he, what does it mean when you read that someone walks in integrity or that someone walks? It's the, it's the description of our life. It's how we live. We walk in righteousness or we walk in the truth or we walk uh, in wickedness. It's the characteristic of our lives. It's the descriptive factor of our lives. He says we are to walk, we are to live with integrity, uprightness, not being two-faced, not being hypocrite, but living out the truth. We say this is what we believe. Does our life demonstrate what we believe? That's integrity. It's not saying one thing in one place and then doing something different in another place. Integrity is I'm upright. I'm doing what I say I believe. He says, the one who walks in integrity and works righteousness. He says, we, we've got to walk in integrity. We've got to, we can't be two-faced. We can't be hypocrit uh, uh, hypocritical. And, and we've got to work righteousness. We've got to practice righteousness now what is righteous what is righteousness doing right things what are right things things that god says is right <laughs> you know avoid what he says is wrong and do what he says is right so we're to work righteousness just like we were talking about this morning that that we're uh, his workmanship in created in christ jesus for good works those good works are works of righteousness doing the right thing no matter the cost, doing the right thing um, all the time. Now, obviously, we don't do that all the time. I mean, it's impossible. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. So when we do fail, when we do sin, when we do um, um, get caught up in this sin or we get caught up in our weakness and the flesh, then we have to repent. We have to ask for forgiveness and get back in that right relationship. Get back on the track of righteousness. And from now on, I'm going to work righteousness. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to be different uh, than I was. So it, it, it deals with our integrity. It deals with doing what's right. But then he says, and speaks truth in his heart. Now, what does it mean to speak truth in your heart? We often, when we talk about speaking truth, we're speaking truth to other people. We're to speak the truth in love. We're to tell other people the truth. We're to, we're to live in the truth. But here, 
he says we're to speak truth in our hearts, in our inward person, all right? Um, we, we, we hold on to, we repeat the truth in our heart. We, we meditate on the truth. We recite the truth. We, we um, let the truth dwell within us. It's like David said in another place, I hide the word of God in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See, if, we, if we're not continuously repeating the truth of God's word, if we're not hiding it in our heart, if we're not constantly repeating to ourselves and reminding ourselves what the truth of God is, when the pressure's on, we'll do what we think is right instead of knowing what the word of God says. And so he says, we, we, this speaking the truth in our heart is that we need to speak the truth of God in our heart about circumstances. God in our heart, speak the truth of, of God. Hey, he's on the throne. These, this is what I see, but this is what I know to be true because this is what God's word says. This is what I feel, but yet this is what the word of God says. And man, that is, that is so important today because our culture has elevated feelings to doctrine. What you feel is what's most important. What you feel is your truth. And so you just go with your feelings. And if you just follow your feelings, and your feelings are what dictates what you do or how you should believe or what you should do in a circumstance, it, it's how you perceive it, how you feel about a circumstance dictates what is true. David is reminding us that we need to re repeat the truth of God in our words to oftentimes to combat our own feelings because our feelings will lie to us our feelings are not what's most important and and so he says if we're going to live out this uh righteousness if we're going to work righteousness if we're going to walk in integrity then we've got to constantly be repeating the truth of god to ourselves we've got to be constantly fighting the lie of satan to ourselves with the word of god We've got to be reminding ourselves of the truth about us. We'll lie to ourselves. We get down on ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We lie about, I'm just useless, I'm worthless, I, I can't do anything. Right. That's not true. You are a child of God. You are created in God's image. You, you have a Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you. You have everything that you need to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You are equipped you are loved, you are special, you, you are worth dying for. And we need to remind ourselves of those truths at times because a lot of times we, we'll, we'll just lie ourselves into depression. We'll lie ourselves into uselessness. We'll lie ourselves out of being functional in the kingdom of God. And we, we've got to continually repeat the truth of God to ourselves to fight our feelings, <clears throat> to fight our own self-abasement, but also to prepare ourselves to do the work that needs to be done in the circumstances that come up. It's the Word of God that is our power and our, 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 our guiding, our, our guidance into what to do. So he says, we walk with integrity, we work righteousness, and we speak the truth in our hearts. 
And then once we do those things, and it begins to, he gives us some very practical ways that these things show up in our lives. He says, he doesn't slander with his tongue. If we're speaking the truth in our heart, then the truth will come out of our mouth. If we're, if we're walking in righteousness, if we're living in integrity, then we're not going to lie about somebody else. We're not going to make them look bad to make ourselves look good because we don't have to. We know the truth of God. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. Most of the time when we slander somebody else, it's so that we can make ourselves look good because we're insecure about who we are or what we can do or, or how we feel about ourselves. And so when we continually repeat the truth of God in our hearts, then we don't need our, our um, value to be from somebody else. We don't have to look good by making other people look bad. We are secure in our personhood in Christ Jesus. So we don't slander others with our tongue, nor does, do we do evil to our neighbors. If we work righteousness, we're not going to do evil. If we're, speak, if we're guided by the truth of God, we're continuing to repeating the truth of God in our hearts, then we're going to do what's right to our neighbor. We're not going to use or abuse people. We're not going to harm our neighbor. Uh, love does no wrong. You know, we're going to love our neighbor. And we're going to look for his good. He says, nor takes up reproach against his friend. Now, in other words, we don't hold on to hurts. Don't take up reproach against a friend. Uh, don't, don't, don't. Don't get offended and stay offended. Doesn't mean that you're not offended. It's that you, you don't let that offense grow into bitterness. You, you, you learn to forgive. You, you, you do what's right. You continue to, to speak the truth of God in your heart. You, you continue to walk in integrity. You continue to do what's right. And, and, and when somebody wrongs you, you're able to forgive because it's not about your pride anymore. It's not about your sense of security anymore. You're able to forgive others and not hold on to a reproach and not take up an offense and not become bitter and not break relationships with people over stuff that really doesn't matter. And that's usually what happens. So <clears throat> when, we, when we walk with integrity, we work righteousness, and we speak the truth in our hearts, we're not going to take up reproaches against our friends. It says that we won't... <clears throat> We will look at those who are reprobates and not envy them. I mean, you, you look at the people around, man. Look at most of the people that our culture holds up as idols or um, uh, celebrity. Most of them are pretty reprobate. Most of them are, are, are not people of integrity. Uh, they... they, they party like crazy, they use people, they, they, they act a fool, but yet they're a celebrity, they make plenty of money, they're some kind of uh, athlete or, or some kind of movie star or whatever, and we elevate them and we look to them and we hold them up, and that's who we want to be or that's what we want to be like. And He says, look, when we repeat the truth of God in our heart and we live under the authority of God, those people are no longer our heroes. Those people are no longer the ones that we want to be like or the ones that we seek after what they have because we understand that, that they 
are absolutely reprobate in their thinking. And so he says we don't honor those who are reprobate, we despise them, but we honor those who fear the Lord. We have a, a whole different view of what's important. We have a whole different view of what's praiseworthy. It's not those who, who are living for themselves and, and living for this world, but those who honor the Lord. Those are the people that we look to. Those are the people that we strive to be like. We're going to abide in the tent of God and dwell in his holy hill. He says that we, are to, we will swear to our own hurt and does not change. In other words, we'll make promises to help people and we'll follow through even when it's inconvenient. How many times have you ever told somebody, yeah, I'm going to be, I'll be there, yeah, I'll be there. And you wake up that day and you think, oh. I really don't want to do this. I think I can come up with a pretty good excuse not to go. And we come up with an excuse not to go, or we come up with an excuse not to help. We come up with an excuse not to give. Uh, he says, look, if we're, if we're living with integrity, if we're doing what's right, and we're constantly repeating the truth of God in our hearts, when we make a promise, we're going to keep it. Even if it costs us something, even if it's inconvenient, even if I lose in the process. He swears to his own hurt. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's convenience. Whatever it is, that person's in need. I promise to meet that need. But when I do meet that need, it's going to cost me something. And whatever the cost, I'm willing to do it. Because I care about the person more than I care about my stuff. The person's more important than my convenience. The person is more important than my calendar. Because when, when we are seeking after the Lord, when we're striving to live in a right relationship with God, people are more important than stuff. And our word is more important than our stuff or our convenience or how we feel today. We're going to do what we said we will do, even if it costs us more than we thought it would. And, and we're okay with that because we know that, that God honors our sacrifice. God will always provide what we need. No matter what I give away, God will make sure I have what I need. He does not put his money out at interest. In other words, we don't loan. We'll, we'll loan people stuff. Hey, just give it back. Instead of loaning and then charging interest. Um, it was a big deal back then uh, um, because you didn't have banks. You had folks that had excess money and people that were in need. And they would put up collateral and they'd say, hey, I need to borrow some money so I can buy seed this, this fall or this, this planting season or, or whatever it is. And, and so you loan them the money and he says, look, if you're, if you're honoring God with your life, you're there to help them. Yeah, you expect them to pay it back, but you're not going to charge them extra. You're doing it to help them. Now, a bank is in business. That's totally different. You can't apply this to a bank because it's a business. They're in the, they lend money to make money so they can pay their employees and pay their stockholders and all this stuff. 
It's not talking about banks. It's talking about individuals. They, there were not banks back then. And so he says, look, you when you're rich and you've got excess money and you find somebody in need and you loan them something, yeah, they should pay it back, but don't charge more for helping them. You're not helping them then. You're trying to get rich off the poor. He said, that's, that's not honoring God. He said, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. It's not about money. It's not the love of money. It's doing what is right. He who does these things will never be shaken. Why would he end with, he who does these things will never be shaken? Because when we honor God with our life, God will honor our life. God's promises are made to those who live for his glory. And so God is faithful to keep his promises to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Isn't that what Paul says? He works all things together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so if we'll live in right relationship with him, if we will live, walk with integrity, if we'll work righteousness, and if we'll constantly repeat the truth of God in our heart, it will change the way we live. It'll change how we look at people. It'll change our, our desires. And we will honor God with our lives. And when we honor God with our lives, we will never be shaken because God will always be faithful. And so it's not about, it's not about working for retirement and nest eggs and all that. It's honor God with your life. Walk with integrity. Be upright and upfront with everybody. Do what you say you believe. Work righteousness. Do those things that you know God says is right. And to the best of your ability, the presence of the Holy Spirit, avoid those things that God says is wrong. Work righteousness. Constantly repeat the truth of God to yourself in your heart. So that you'll know how you're supposed to respond when the opportunity comes up. So that, so that you'll guard your heart against the lies of Satan and the lies of self. And then, living out God's word. Being generous. Being compassionate. Being thoughtful towards others becomes very easy. If we will just walk with integrity, do what's right, constantly repeat the word of God in our hearts, it will radically transform our behavior. All right? Let's try that this week. Here's the easy one. Well, I say the easy one. I think the most important. Constantly repeat the truth of God in your heart. Read God's word, meditate on God's word. Constantly remind yourself of what God says is right and what God says we should do. And when the opportunity comes, do it. All right? And see what God does this week. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your great grace and we thank